we're going to do this series called Epic Love. It's going to lead us up to Easter. And uh, I wanted, if I can, to review, in case any of you skipped church last week, which I know is unthinkable here. Uh, but uh, I want to, because I think it's important to distinguish what uh, I call pedestrian love from divine love or epic love. And pedestrian love uh, is, is this smaller version and I think what the whole point is, God wants to enlarge us to a, a larger version. Paul uh, wrote this in one of his letters. I pray that you get it. You know, he's, he wrote this in Ephesians. I pray that you know you could somehow understand how uh, that you would be rooted in love, you would be established in love, that love would be the the hallmark of, of what you are. And then he, his prayer goes on. He says, I pray that you could learn how deep, how wide, how high, and how long the love of God is in each and every one of us. And the problem is, um, most of us, we sort of were told somewhere along the line that God is love or he's loving. And there's usually a but. Think about it. He loves you, but you're going to need to do this. You're going to need to believe this. You're going to need to pray this. You're going to need to say this. You're going to need to... And uh, what, what the, the real story is, there's no, there is no but. It's just God is love, period. That's the end of the story. And then when you start to figure out what, how big that love is that doesn't have borders and doesn't have boundaries and it, it, it goes past your mistakes and your failures, it goes to... Um, people that you don't think God should love, right? Because the thing is, then we start to have limits. We think God should love certain people. And along comes Jesus, and he says, um, you've heard it said, right? Love your neighbor, Matthew 5. But I say to you, what? Love your enemies, now, what most of us do, this is what we've been talking about in this series, what most of us do is sort of breeze past that. We breeze past it for a couple of reasons. One, it's not realistic for us. And we just kind of have to gloss over and think, I need something else because I, that, that's just not going to happen. Or that was just Jesus talking and it was easy for him to do. I don't think either of those is true. I also don't think it's easy to just turn a switch and start to love people that don't love you. But I will say this. I think Jesus was bringing us to something that a lot of us have overlooked for a long time. As I say often, it's easy to put a little Jesus fish on your car. It's even easy to get baptized. It's easy to do a lot of things. But to love your enemies, please... Can we do something else? Can I take a different class, right? Can I sign up for a different thing? I mean, this is ultimate. This is, as we call it, epic. So we sort of have to decide, should we just discard this teaching? Or should we go on the journey? Should we accept that it's a part of what God wants to teach us to do and to be? It's epic. So Jesus goes on in this teaching. I think they'll put the scriptures up there for you. And he says, you know, ordinary people love at a pedestrian level. Um, he says, you know, if a person does for you, then you do for them, 
right? Um, if you love your neighbor, right, and they're good to you and you're good to them, that he says even the tax collectors are doing that. Maybe the best way to say that would be like any greasy swindler would do that. Any slimy business person would trade. If you do this for me, I would do this for you. If I can see there's something for it in me, I'll even be nice to a mean person. Put your hand up. If, you, you, if, if, if there's something in it for you, I'm going to get a better job or I'm going to get a better paycheck or I'm going to win, land this contract. I'll fake it. I'll go to a meeting. And, I'm not even getting close today. I'll, I'll, but what, what Jesus was talking about is this is different. Everybody kind of knows how to do that. You get through society by doing that. You get jobs by doing that. You get through school by doing that. It's exchange. It's reciprocal. And it's smart. It gets you to a certain point in life. People that can help you, you're good to. People that have power or money or give grades, you're good to. So that they, they, good things come back to you. It's just kind of smart. It's kind of starter level, entry level stuff. But then along comes Jesus, and he starts teaching something that's completely different. You have to just think about the audience, the people. When Jesus says, you know, everyone says, you know, love your neighbor, hate your enemy, protect yourself, right? Stick it to the people. I'm telling you, love them and pray for them. What do you think the people in the, the masses, what do they do? And if you've ever read the Gospels, what you learn is the more Jesus taught these kinds of things, the thinner his crowds got. People started walking away. Because, honestly, it's not that attractive of a message. If I got, by the way, if I got up here, if I want to get people lathered up, I could, tell, I could start naming different groups you know, and get people, oh, yeah, I hate those, oh, yeah, those people. And, and people, they start comments, they're bringing friends, and like, yeah, he's sticking it to these people, he's sticking it to these people. And when you think about it, when you start to say, no, 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 we have to love these people, you go, we do? What's the question? What's in it for what? Let's say it together, because that's what you say anyway. What's in it for The immediate question that all of us ask, all of us, myself, is we say, well, what's in it for me? If you're asking me to love this person or this, I need to know what the kickback is. I have to feel a kickback. Of course, this is how we operate our lives. This is how we operate our businesses. It's how we operate our political system. We need the kickback. What Jesus is teaching Some of us are ready to listen. Some of you, you just kind of put this one aside and pull it out in a few years from now. It's transcendent. It's, I'm going to ask you to love at a different level, divine level. Um, It's not reciprocal. It's tough. It's difficult. It's challenging. Let's just be honest for a minute. Is it challenging to love some people? Before the service started, someone over here brought me a picture on their phone, showed me that they put an epic love 
thing in their classroom. They said, because there's just certain people that are difficult to love, and it just reminds me, be epic today, right? Wouldn't that be good for all of us? Just be epic, be divine. Don't be reciprocal. Now, for a minute, just think about this. If God dealt with us that way, reciprocal, you do for me, and then I will exchange for you. How would we be doing? Like all of us would be in a mess, right? We all know that we need something that transcends reciprocal. And so what we rely on is divine love or epic love. But what the problem is, is sometimes we never get it down in here. The church for years has been known to worship, right? To celebrate God's love, to applaud it, to thank him for it. But ready? This is the big one. We've not been as good, if I dare say, at bringing it into our hearts and modeling it. So you can get bonus points if you are always... I'll use the word clapping or applauding for God's love, whatever that is. You know, if you're in a Pentecostal church, it means you got your hands up. If you're in a Catholic church, it means you never miss Mass. If, it doesn't matter what your thing is. Everybody has an expression, and the expression is, I'm so excited to tell God how wonderful he is. And then we just stop there. But it entirely misses the point. When the call was to follow me, do you remember the um, the time when Peter and the disciples are with Jesus, and he calls them, I call it a retreat. I don't really know if it was exactly that, but I call it a retreat. He gets the guys away. Uh, in the business world, you say it, off-site. They're going to do an off-site, and they go way north. Uh, Caesarea Philippi in your scriptures, right? Matthew 16. And he gets the guys away from the crowds and away from the normal things that they're doing, and he pulls them aside, and he asks them a question, Who do people say the Son of Man is? And the disciples start replying. Well, some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. And there are reasons that they said these names because John the Baptist and Elijah, were, they thought were going to be precursors to uh, the great renewal. And others said Eli- Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And Jesus says to the disciples, But who do you say that I am? And Peter says... You are, you're the Christ. And Jesus says to him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. This wasn't revealed to you by men, but by my father. And he goes on, he says, I tell you, you're Peter. And it goes on from there. But listen to this. Peter then says, as Jesus, after this occasion, says from that time on, Jesus started to explain to them that he was going to Jerusalem, he was going to die. He started to predict his own death. And when he explained this to the disciples, Peter immediately stops him and he says, never, Lord, never. Isn't there a saying, never say, never say never? And I'm telling you this story for a reason. Peter got it, and he completely didn't get it. The first part of the story, you'd say, Peter got it. He knew, he knew the answer to the question, and he completely didn't get it. He knew the answer to the question, but he didn't know what the whole story was about. 
This describes so many people that I know. They can, they can answer the question about who Jesus is. They can raise their hands. I know the answer to the question. And Jesus then replies, so we're going to the cross. I'm going to die. And Peter goes, never. Immediately he's out. Why? This is important. Dying didn't fit in Peter's program. Losing didn't fit in his idea, in his game plan. So it was great to check the box because if I check the box that Jesus is the son of God, our team wins. I'm on the winning team. And then when he says immediately I'm going to die, Peter goes, wait a minute. That doesn't seem right. It describes what happens, what I think happens in every one of our lives. This is what I think happens. We get it, and then we don't get it, and then eventually we get it again. Right? I get it, and then I don't get it, and then we get it. Because you, you kind of get it. You're like, I, no, I get it, I get it. And all of a sudden, something happens in our life. A cross moment happens. Cross is about dying, losing, suffering, letting go, not getting what you want, uh, losing your job, losing your house, losing a spouse, losing a dog, losing something. And you have everything going, and then there's loss. And what we go is never. No one says this about suffering or loss. Yes. We always cry, never, never. There's a great pattern I'll share with you. It's in the scripture. It's in life. It starts here. <clears throat> Everything's nice, um, put together, orderly, right? This morning, we got Charlie dressed, right? Got her all dressed, nice and <clears throat> orderly, all happy. <clears throat> Struggle. I can't get her. <clears throat> Honey, I can't get her arm. She goes, just pull this. <clears throat> snap. And then we, we need, yeah, tights, tights. Another snap. I go, there's a lot of stuff going on here. I, this is literally how it happened. <clears throat> I'm holding her outward. I ended up again. Can you just help me get the last arm through? This is exactly what happened. It emerged, you know, like a like a duck out of an egg. That arm came out. It's there. And I pulled her dress down and she goes, blah. I mean, in in like perfect timing. Does does this describe our life? Is anybody? You get it all there. You struggle and get it. You get it there. And the minute you get it tight, blah, right? This is order, right? And then you have disorder. This is now... Wait a minute. This isn't how I thought things were going to go. This is stability, structure, right? I always like my coffee in this drawer. I like my toothpaste over here. Anybody? And then disorder, problems, suffering, pain. This is I got a new car. Anybody? This is a week later. It's not new anymore. Someone smashed it, right? This is, this is the story. But this just keeps happening. This is what's so important. It keeps happening over and over again. This is new and this is damaged. Over here, everything's good. And then over here, what the heck? What's going on? And this is what's important. This is one part, 
this is another part. Jesus says, I'm going to die. What Peter didn't hear was, I'm going to what? I'm going to rise. So we miss, we miss resurrection. We miss renewal. We miss rebirth. We miss new because we don't want this. We all go kicking and screaming into this. The broken, the damaged, the hurt, the questions, the problems. But there is really no other way. Do you remember after the resurrection? We're coming to Easter. Jesus says, touch my, what? Hands. Is it interesting to anyone here? Like you'd think if you go through a whole resurrection, you wouldn't have scars. I mean, did Jesus run down to Jerusalem, plastic surgery, and kind of get them smoothed out? Or were the scars a part of his, what, story? Everybody's got scars here. Everybody's got a part of your story. But it was the part of the story that made it. This just, this is, I just got to tell you this. There is no over, around, under. It goes from this through this to renewal, to resurrection, to new hope. There isn't another way. The only way that we can learn to love at an epic level is you go through this. Um, anybody here remember the first entrance into this? Your, your life was just rosy, 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 and your dreams were all in front of you, all lined up. You know, your grades were all perfect. Everything was there. And then something brought you into this where it wasn't going to be the way you thought it was going to be. By the way, this is the story. If you've ever read the entire... It's an epic story. It starts with the garden. And everything's good. God made it and it's good. And it's good. And it's good. And it's good. And then all of a sudden, it's really, what? Not good. And then you read the end. And there's a garden in the end. And it's, what? Renewed. It's good again. All of a sudden, when you start to see this pattern you start to realize this pattern is the pattern of the scriptures. It's the big epic story, and it's the story of every one of our lives. The problem is it's difficult. I don't know about you, but I like to get things to a certain point. I don't know. I like to get them to a certain point, and I just like them to be there. Like, I like to put my coffee there, and I want it to be there tomorrow. Anybody with Please don't move the coffee. Just please don't. Is anybody with me or no? Am I alone in my neuroticness? Okay. So I just want, you know, and you just, there's certain things in life you just kind of want a little structure, a little order. So the other day, um, uh, I had to do a funeral. And, I, you know, me, I'm, al- I'm always dressed like this, except I'm doing weddings and funerals. And I had to do a funeral. And I go upstairs to get my suit on. And, you know, I kind of want it to be in that one spot and my shoes and it was there and I was glad and everything was good and I was putting it on and I'm getting ready and I go to get my dress shoes and I pull the dress shoes and I stick my foot in there and it doesn't fit. There's what's in my shoe. It's full of dog food. (laughs) 
I know some of you think I make these stories up because I need a th- things to say on Sunday. Unfortunately, I'm just not making this up. And I say, God, I don't need any more stories. I have enough stories. No, but he blesses me with them week by week. <laughs> I need to go to serve a family in our church, and my shoe is full of dog food. Now, thankfully, it wasn't the squishy kind. Let's start there. All right. Uh, nonetheless, you're thinking, how do you exactly get the smell of this out of your shoe in time? So I dump it out. You know, long story short is that I have no idea. Some of you, are, you want the rest of the story. People always go to me in the atrium. You didn't finish the story. I don't know. I don't know how it got there. So you have to know. I don't know. Here, I have a guess. I think there's a squirrel that somehow took the dog's food and decided he was going to store it in my shoe for later. Isn't my life wonderful? It's just like... <laughs> Disorder. Has anybody been here? Has anybody been to the spot where you have dog food in your shoes? Do you, have you been there? Like, I just need to get on with my... I got things I want to do. And you, you're always getting... You're always getting your will blocked. You're always getting what you want. It's stopped. Anybody? This is how we change. This is how we change. Sure, maybe it wasn't dog food for you, but you're just trying to get this thing going. You're just trying to get this thing done. Peter. Yep. I got it. You're the, you're the son of God. You're the, let's do this program. And Jesus goes, great. Let me tell you a little bit about it. I'm going to go die in Jerusalem. Peter, right? He got it, and then immediately he what? He didn't get it. I think this is true. I think there is a boatload of Christians that get it and don't get it at all. We like to get it like this. We like to applaud it. We like to be a part of it. Like, yeah, I'm on that team. He goes, I actually want you to participate. Because not only then did Jesus go towards the cross, he taught his disciples they were going to have to, what? Carry their own cross. You're going to have to pick up a cross. What did that mean? He said, you're going to have to not get your way. And as Paul said, I die daily. I die daily. I want to make this series go somewhere inside of us. So I want you to learn this scripture, what Paul said. I die daily. One, two, three, let's say it together. I die daily. And I know we avoid it. We avoid death. We avoid difficulty. We avoid suffering like nothing. But if you can say that phrase, like Paul said it, you accept, this is what you're doing, I'm accepting that I'm not going to get my way all the time, every single day. I die daily. And guess what? You get reborn daily. You get renewed daily. It doesn't end there. It's never, this is what's important. It's never a bad story. Did did you get it? Everybody look. This is so important. It's never a bad story. It never ends there. It never stops there. There's always renewal. There's always rebirth. There's always remaking. There's always... But you go through. I die daily. Huh? Let's practice. Let's practice. 696. 
<laughs> Ready? I died. I died six times on the way, right? What we've been used to is I kill daily, right? I kill people with my words. I kill them with my looks. I kill. I die. No, I died. Look, when you die, all of a sudden you do. If you feel, isn't it weird? Just I know I always use traffic as an example, but I think because we all understand it. But does it feel like something in you died when that guy just cut you off and was so rude and didn't even care? I mean, on the inside, do you feel different on the inside? Yeah, because well, it's like something died. I have to get him back. No, just die. Just let it go. It's like, then the next thing, and the next thing. And all of a sudden, you move, you move to a different version of you. Old you dies, and the new you, what? Comes. Do you know how your body can replace itself? They say like the, the, the molecules in your body, like every so many years, you just, you're, you're actually a completely new person. All the old stuff, the skin, the hair, it, just, it all kind of dies away. And then new stuff, you're always being reborn. Did you know that? If that's happening with your body, what should be happening with you? The same thing. You're dying. How long do you want to keep cantankerous you around? Think about it. You don't want to keep them forever. A little come off here, a little bit come off here, a little bit come off here. But are you getting renewed? I died so I could live. I died so I could live. Maybe Jesus, right? Maybe Jesus was on to something. There's a story he teaches, he sits down with a woman, John chapter 4, Samaritan woman. And there, there's, so, there's so many layers to this story, I don't have time this morning. But he's a, he's a Jew, she's a Samaritan, he's male, she's female. There's all the reasons that this is cro- crossing all the boundaries of normal love or pedestrian love. And by the way, once you start crossing the boundaries, it's very... Enlightening. It's very freeing. You start loving people that people have always told you not to love. Talking. God forbid, just having a conversation with somebody you're told not to love. And the story goes on, and it's about a worship dispute. This is really important. The Samaritans worshipped on a certain mountain. The Jews worshipped in the mountain in Jerusalem. And they had their holy place here, and they had their holy place there. And Jesus says something so profound, I don't know if we've gotten it. He goes, a time's coming. He goes, I think it's, I think it's here. It's, it's like, where, where you worship, on this mountain or that mountain, this church or that church, I'm not adding some paraphrase now, this denomination or that denomination, that's not what it's going to be about. Those who worship, worship in spirit and in truth. Because God is spirit. There is no, this is so important, there is no right place. There is no right church. There is no sacred this or special that. It's all God's. It's all his. Which is why you can feel God's presence when you're surfing, 
as well as when you're scripture reading. Which is why you can sense God's love in a sunset. Right? As well as a Bible study. Dare I say, don't throw anything, sometimes more. Ready? Sometimes a lot more. Because God is not limited to any one place. Now, this, is, this, is, this part people are taught, God is everywhere. But we just sort of say it as a statement instead of really thinking about what that means, that God is everywhere. So if love is ever going to be epic, it has to transcend. It has to go beyond. It has to go beyond what you knew and your team. Some of you grew up in such a team-oriented society. It's Catholic, we're Lutheran, we're Baptist, we're this, we're that. And you came to this church, and your mission is you're trying to convert me. That's what you're spending all your time doing. You're trying to convert me to your team, right? And you get an email, you get all worked up, and you're like, Chris, you've got to join the right team. And I'm telling you, I'm not on your team. And I'm on your team. Jesus says it's not about the team. The spirit. I mean, God's over here. God's over here. God's here. And it transcends. It's hard for us. Just be honest, it's hard for us because what we like to do is get God and put him in our little bottle, right? Take him around, and then whenever we need him, we just put him right there, right? He fixes our problems, put him back in. But God's transcendent. So if love would ever be epic, it has to transcend the boundaries and the borders that so many of us grew up with. This lady was trying to understand how Jesus kept crossing these borders and these boundaries. And he's like, God isn't limited to any of these. Ready? You have structure, you have good, you have it's all good, and then you have chaos and problems and disorder and what the heck. And then you have resurrection and renewal and rebirth and, oh, I see. If you're old enough, you've been at least through one loop. If you're old enough, you've been through one loop. Who's got at least, oh, I see, at least one in your bag? Oh, I see. Ah, I see what you were doing there. I never would have started in that gate. I see what you were doing there. Who's been through one? All right, good job. I got news for you. That's okay. You just keep letting the old stuff fall off. I'm new. Anyone's in crisis, new creation. The old is gone, right? All the old, you just keep shedding the old stuff. The old attitude, the old man, the old me, old cranky me, just dying away in the dust. 